overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hey, Laura. Hi. I'm so happy we're here tonight. (laughs) You can't do it, can you? Laura's got to be awkward. Well, we're here tonight with Catherine Lanick. So glad you came on. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, Catherine um, is one of the people that when Kristen Poole posted on Facebook about the embarrassment of riches at, at Dallas Bible and people wanting to get involved and just highlighting women in our church, Catherine was one of the people that was interested in helping. And Catherine is currently helping us with the administrative tasks Praise of, the, Jesus. of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> It's uh, Laura got fired, Catherine got hired. (laughs) It was kind of like a firing, but also a firing from a job you don't really want and know you're not good at. And I told you I liked that kind of stuff. Which I was like, I don't really understand what you're saying to me right now, and I can't imagine that it's true, but I'll believe you. Because that's how I feel about administration, administrative duties. Yeah. Yeah. Which you have been such a blessing to us already in just on top of things and like asking how el- what else you can do to help so we're so 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 thankful for if you. If only we knew. Yeah I'm like I, I don't know enough about any of this to know how you can help but yeah whatever you come up with is okay. probably a good idea. All right. <laughs> yeah that's right. Well you know the drill because you've mm-hmm. been listening. Yes. Um, so just tell us about you. About just your basic bio life okay. early life to this point? Um, I, my dad was in the military and I was born in Germany. We moved to hey, Texas. Wh- where were y'all? At Ramstein Air Force did, did we talk about this I last like summer? I must have. Because I was at Ramstein from like four to eight years old. I, I was just realizing how little I know about you. That's amazing. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I remembered it because there's awesome pictures from there and we've been back to Germany with my family to, to see the whole country. I mean, a lot of the country. It's beautiful. So, we moved to Texas, uh, to San Antonio. My dad worked at Brooks Air Force Base, and um, we kept thinking we were going to move every four years, but my dad stayed in that one place for the rest of my childhood. So I grew up in the same house um, all the way through, and... Not what you think of as, like, the stereotypical military life. It wasn't the stereotypical military stereotypical life. Typical military life. Um, <laughs> and so my parents moved when I was in high school to a house my mom liked better, but we still they're still in San Antonio, so wow. my parents are there. Um, let's see. So I, I feel like I, I wanted to move because I wanted something more exciting. Then San, San Antonio wasn't crazy enough for you? No. I mean, it's a great city, but, um, let's see. And then I have, I have an older brother who's 11 years older than me and I actually, and I have an adopted sister who's three years older than me. So it's interesting. And they, and my sister lives in Houston and my brother lives in Georgia, um, and Atlanta. So we're just kind of all over. And what was life like in, in your house? Um, it was, my brother kind of grew up by himself and then was our babysitter, okay. which I think he kind of resented that. <laughs> and then my sister and I were so different. I mean, we love each other, but we are so, so different. 
um, in every way <laughs> that we fought a lot as kids. Uh-huh. Um, we have a good relationship now, but it was, it was, it was, I mean, it was like a normal childhood. I grew up going to church. We went to a Catholic church. Um, but I How didn't... many former Catholics have we had on? <laughs> There's a lot. And, and I'm a former yes. Catholic. Yes. I'm one of them. Yes. Um, we were very faithful about going to church on Sunday, but that was, that's kind of where, it, to me, it felt like it ended. Like, that was it. Like, you, you go to church, and then you're done mm-hmm. after that hour. Check it off. Yeah. So, um, I... And you I, can leave after communion. Oh, yeah. Oh, but my mom wouldn't because she didn't want to be embarrassed. She didn't want the priest to see us leaving. So, we would have... <laughs> It's like, you know, follow the rules. So I grew up as a rule follower. I, I That was how, like, I functioned. People tell me what to do, and I do it right. Um, so I didn't really experience, like, being free free on my own until college. You know, that's kind of where you... Where'd you go to school? I went to A&M. Mm-hmm. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went there, too. <laughs> yes. And I met my husband there. We met as freshmen. We were just babies, 18 years old. Started dating right away. Started dating. I, d- I didn't. I wasn't ex- intending to meet my husband right when I started school. Mm-hmm. So, but then we dated all through college, and we got married right after I graduated. And he still had a semester left of school, so we lived there mm. with no money, but it was fun. Uh-huh. And then we moved to Dallas, and that's where we've been for the last ten years, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So y'all been married ten years. We've been or married almost eleven, right? Almost eleven. You know, when, yeah. Whenever you refused to buy me Latisse, I was Mexican in Mexico receipt for your tenth anniversary. <laughs> yes, right? you know, and my husband. I'll, I'll always count our friendship that my way. My husband did like a really sweet. Luckily, I've had one year of eyelash growth since then. Well, they look amazing. My Thank husband, you. he's he planned this whole trip with my friends, and he like rededicated his love to me and we did a little ceremony on the beach and it was amazing it was it was took my breath away oh that's so sweet it was really awesome Stephanie went right Stephanie Stephanie and Laura Laura Seifert and Jamie Grant so we all used to be in a small group okay and we've the Seiferts and the Jernigans started a new one and Jamie's still in my group okay so but we're good friends yeah, that's so neat. And, and he organized it. Was it a surprise? It was supposed to be a complete surprise, but I don't like complete surprises. Like, if all my friends showed up, it would really freak me out that <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. You would have so, been way up in your head, it, so he, and he knew that he, about you. No, one, one of my friends had to remind him that I don't like to be surprised like that, like in that way. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was just the right amount of Just surprise. the right amount of surprise. That what sounds I like. like my 40th birthday, um, Kyle... Kyle organized like a bunch of our friends going out to eat with us and he had planned like for us to like go out on uh, Lake Grapevine which when we got engaged that's what we did but he didn't tell me and I knew we were going out with some of our friends because they rode in the car with us and he's like he's not Mm -hmm. telling you where we're going we're driving out there and he doesn't know that about me either I like to know where I'm going to just because I can have great expectations and what I think you're going to do it might surpass what you actually do <laughs> so you might need to tell me so anyway he's like you know they're all everybody's in the car or some of the people because all the only people I know that are coming are in the car and he's like well, you know where do you, where do you think we're going and I was like we're heading west I'm like feels like you know it's my 40th birthday I'm like we're going to Lake Grapevine and we're going to go on a sailboat. 
which is what, like, you've rented a sailboat, which is what he did Aww. when we got engaged. Oh. And so he's like, no, we're not going on a sailboat. And um, so then I'm like, well, I don't know what we're doing. Okay, y'all, I've, I've probably told you this story, no. right? Okay. <laughs> I feel bad for Kyle, I think. Oh. Okay, so we, 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 we are going to Lake Grapevine, I discover, when we pull up to a hamburger joint on the edge of, 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 of Lake Grapevine, and we're going to eat there. And I, I'm like, okay, when I'm thinking my 40th birthday, I love being on the water. I mean, love being on the water. So me going on a boat sounds awesome. I know that Kyle knows that I love the water. What I'm afraid of is that he thinks the idea of eating on the water at this burger joint where you can have like greasy shrimp, fried shrimp or a hamburger with my friends is going to be like my idea of like wonderful 40th birthday. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm literally saying, I don't get it. It's like my, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, why are we here? Like, because this can't be what we're doing for my 40th birthday. I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I'm thinking. No, then you said, I don't get it out loud. I said, I don't get it out loud. Well, then we sit down and not only just the people that came in the car with us, there's like several other couples. So I'm like, he's had our friends drive an hour out to this fried greasy shrimp joint yes that i do not want to eat here on my 40th birthday this is not what i want to eat on my 40th birthday like i want to do something that i think is super fun and if i'm not going to go out on the water i don't want to just sit in some greasy like you know whatever i like i I don't want to do this so i'm like i'm the whole way through dinner he is not he it's like he's it's like he's like smirking at me like he thinks it's funny and I'm sitting there like with the confused look on my face because the whole time I'm trying to figure out what is going on well it turns out it was actually a lovely birthday but I kind of wish that he had known that you want to know what's coming <laughs> I want to know what's coming because I could have enjoyed the whole dinner had I known Chip mm-hmm. and Sherry some friends from our old church had let us use their party barge. Oh, fun. And so we had uh, that party barge. And so we went out and drank wine and whatever on the party barge. And Kyle had made, like, this tape of all the hit song, like, a hit song from each year. Oh, my goodness. I mean, like, it was really thoughtful. And I loved it. And it was so fun. And I loved going out on the water. But, like, an hour and a half of my birthday party, I was not having fun. Because I was thinking... There were no managed expectations. There were no managed expectations, and this wasn't meeting them. Yeah. And your <laughs> husband knew. Or at least he Managed Catherine's expectations. I like to know the plan. I like okay. to know what's coming. I've always been that way since a kid. Like, I had a calendar that I would plan out my week. I love to do that. Which um, is interesting that you would have found moving every four years appealing since not so I didn't want to move every four years I just wanted to move somewhere else because I didn't really <laughs> once you get like in a labeled in elementary school you can't really grow out of that Ooh, if you go was, to... what do you think well I was just was? I was really shy um and kind of nerdy just because all I did was focus on my schoolwork and so I didn't I didn't have like tons of friends mm-hmm. <laughs> forever or just elementary so for a 
while. I mean, mm-hmm. I just wasn't confident in myself, I guess. And so I, what I was good at was school. And so I just did that. And um, Yet another sentence you will never hear me say. <laughs> what I was good at was school. Yeah. Not, well, a, because, not a statement you'll hear me make. Because I've, I know what the expectations are, and I'm good at doing that. You get in your lane, right. you exist in your lane, you know I don't have, like, tons of creativity outside the box thinking, which I wish I did. Um, so it worked well for a school environment. Mm-hmm. You know? and what, what did you major in? I actually majored in marketing, uh-huh. which I had really no idea what I was doing at school. I just got into the business school, which I thought was, oh, that's good, and then picked marketing. Um, it was interesting, but I got out of school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And we moved to Dallas, and I I didn't have a job. My husband did. And so I was kind of, I was lost. He's like, you can do whatever you want. And I said, what is, what should I do? So I... <laughs> I worked for a temp agency, and I worked in HR for Baylor for a little little bit, and then I worked in HR advertising company, so somehow I ended up in HR, and I hated it. Um, And one day, my husband looked at me, and he said, you want to be a teacher, don't you? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of scary, because I have to, how do I be a teacher? What do I have to do? You know, I went through all the scenarios, and he said, well, let's just research it and figure out what you need to do, and so that's what I pursued after that. And I'm feeling very much like Jessica Denny right now because everything you're saying I'm seeing through the lens of Enneagram. <laughs> and I can totally see your number. Yes. Yeah, I know. It totally makes sense now. You'll become obsessed soon enough, Laura. I know. Yes, I like, joined the dark yeah. side. So I don't take a lot of risks. I, I don't just do things. Um, my husband, he loves to try new things take the risk, so what if you fail? Like, I, I don't do well with that, and so... So did you end up teaching? I did. I did. And then I got pregnant with my daughter, Hannah, um, and I, I quit to stay home with her, and then I had another daughter, Hope. So I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, um, two girls, and I just recently decided to go back to teaching part-time. You so. are? So you didn't hear me say that tonight. Oh, yeah. No, no I was sitting in the wrong half of the room. <laughs> I'm going to be teaching preschool at... Hope's school. Which that's is how, that, and that's how Catherine and I know each other. Is that Graham Cracker? Mm-hmm. Graham Cracker. Okay. I'm super excited. It's going to be the, the oldest age kid. The so like the, pre, the pre-K? Or the, Pre-K. Or the, do they have a trans, don't they have a transitional kindergarten? Too? They do have a kindergarten. They don't call it transitional kindergarten, but not that. Are not you that are you you're replacing April Keener? Yes. Okay. April Keener was Lydia's first Mother's Day out teacher. Really? Well, she's, she's awesome. awesome. She was yeah. really she was I haven't April. seen her in years, but yeah. she, she was Lydia's same. I she feel really blessed to have gotten that job and gotten that position yes. specifically because I, I feel like they have a lot of faith in my abilities to teach mm-hmm. those little kids. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And I'm Stephanie, excited. will she be your teaching partner? Stephanie, yeah. She seems super cool, too. Yes. She's a Brentfield mom. My kids are my second grader. She's going to be a second grader at Brentfield, Hannah. So, so will you teach Hope? I won't. They're okay. going to put Hope in a, a, the class right next to okay. me. Okay, okay. But she should be in my class. But that, but I will and not that's what they did her. with Stephanie Starchy. Yeah. That's so neat. So that, yeah. I feel like that's a good balance for you to be able to yeah. do what you're good at yeah. and what you enjoy, but also be able to be available. Yes. Be, be and you know what? I'm, I'm excited to teach, um, but I'm, I'm even more excited about connecting with the women that work there because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And they pray together every day before school starts mm-hmm. and just loving on the moms of the kids. And I just... I'm excited about that too. Mm-hmm. And it's a ministry. It's a ministry of their church and 
unashamedly they share the gospel mm, and I love right. that they make I mean they make that really known. yeah so and I think that shows your heart for you know we've been talking about how administrative you are but I think you're I'm gonna make up a new term mm-hmm. you're missionally administrative like you want to use she's your purpose-driven gifts. administrative she is purpose-driven <laughs> in her administrativeness I just said missionally also yeah. so that's two um but yeah. know that, that you want to be intentional with that in I do. bridging relationships mm-hmm. with other women. Because I remember when I was a just, well, and these aren't going to be new moms necessarily because that was Mother's Day out or I don't know. But I just remember dropping my daughter off and just, I would talk to the teachers. They would give me advice. I would, mm-hmm. you know, they would, they just knew what was going on with my child. And just, it, it was just nice to have like that, that extra support. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a, that love your kid also, mm-hmm. you know, they love your kid. So I'm excited. So you mentioned you grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you figure out the whole grace mm-hmm. thing? When did you, when did you become like a yeah. believer in Jesus? Like where you really felt like that transformed your life. So how, how did that come to it's pass? It's really interesting. <laughs> when I met my husband, I was in this place of trying to figure out what I believe. Um, I was still, I was going to the Catholic church at A&M, which they have an awesome community there of Catholics. I actually went on a retreat with them and I, but I was still really conflicted. I had met so many Christians, so many people. And I just, I was like, but I can't leave the Catholic church. I mean, that's, I'm, that's the way I'm supposed to, I am Catholic Catholic. and I was really afraid of disappointing my parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, truthfully, but I, I reached a point where first I figured out that God really does love me. Mm. Um, that I just always had that doubt that he was like kind of scary, a little bit judgmental. It didn't. I didn't really feel like he could love me just for mm. me. You know, I I grew up thinking I used to worry that we didn't go to confession. Like we were, we were supposed to be going regularly. So I'm like, if I die, I'm going to hell. So mm. I <laughs> I was so worried all the time that about doing everything right. So. First, it was God loves me. And grace, that was a word that was not in my vocabulary. I really didn't understand that. And it, it took me my entire freshman year, probably. I don't really feel like there was like a defining moment. It was more like a process. I, I started going to my husband or my boyfriend at the time, Jordan's church, too. And I'd go to the Catholic church and I would just talk to people. And I joined my first, very first Bible study ever my sophomore year of college. And it was the essentials of the faith. And so we mm-hmm. went through every single, like, you know, what's grace? What does it mean to be saved? I mean, it was, it seems basic, but I, that's awesome. No, that's a great It met you where you were. Well, and I spent hours on the study every week. Some people would come in, you know, they're, they'd been Christians for a while. They're like, yeah, you know, I didn't really do the homework. And I would pull out my <laughs> notebook with like tiny little writing in it. And I just, I couldn't stop reading the Bible. And I kind of oh. missed, I missed that passion that I had mm-hmm. then because I, I was almost angry that I didn't know about it before. Mm. And no, I mean, no so offense to the Catholic, and... the Catholic Church. We didn't, we just didn't open up the Bible. It wasn't, it didn't feel like that's what we should be, that wasn't It valid. didn't feel as like, available. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I just was really confused. And I'm like, and then I realized, this is so simple. Why does it seem mm-hmm. like, why does that have to be so well, complicated? Well, for the first time, it was put in your hands. Like, this yes. is something you can do. You don't have to wait My for friend it. went and helped me buy an NIV study Bible that I still have. And it had little notes at the bottom that were so helpful when I didn't understand mm-hmm. something. And I mean, and then all of a sudden I thought I needed to go home and 
talk about Jesus to everybody all the time. <laughs> and Did it you didn't carry always your go well. study Bible yes. with you everywhere oh, yeah. you went? <laughs> yeah. It was, there was some interesting times in there. Um, what did your parents think about oh, the transformation? I hope they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, they were not happy. They, uh, first of all, I'm their little girl. You know, I'm off at college. I meet a guy that they're like, you know, all of a sudden you're going to a different church. Is he controlling you? Is he making you do this? Are Is he brainwashing you? Yeah, that kind of thing. They even came and went to church with me one time, but they just, they were just looking for the negative and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept saying, no, no, it's not him. Because I, it really was not him. I mean, he had an influence, but obviously he didn't, right. you know, make He wasn't making the tiny notes. He may have been a little guy known as God. Right. <laughs> but my parents viewed it as him. We sometimes call him... The big guy. The, the big, big guy, guy. yeah. <laughs> that's the lingo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it was tough. And it, and then they kind of let up a little bit, but when we were going to get married, the the hurt came up that mm. I wasn't getting married in the Catholic Church. And so that was that was really hard. Mm. And now they've, ex- I mean, accepted it as much as they can. You know, I mean, I think they see now that our family is, functioning really well and healthy and they're happy for that you know can we just point out for a moment that Jess and I have both shared stories of our college rebellion and your college rebellion was to write tiny notes in your bible okay okay but let me say let me say they were like daggers okay okay but I was writing in a book that is not what I wanted to do when I went to college I you know, I was the good girl. I was the goody two-shoes in high school. Everyone called me that. So I'm like, I'm going to college and I'm going to have fun. But I met him two months into college. So I did. I did have a little bit of fun. <laughs> so I met my sweet Christian boyfriend. But I, at the same time, I was like... And then all the fun <laughs> No, that's not it. Actually, I did realize, I was like, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to continue down the path that I was kind of mm-hmm. starting to go down because I was starting to meet people that probably weren't going to be... They weren't going to be good for me in the long run. So I that path into the, in the garage. In a garage <laughs> about to get a tattoo. That's right. Bears exactly. tattooed in. That, that, that's where that road leads. Bears yeah. tattooed in. Or a .09 GPA. Oh. Or was it a .9? It's just a .9. Wow. A out of zero. Wow. <laughs> and a born play a tattoo a born, on yeah. your breast. That is yeah. not me. That is a friend. <laughs> just for I, the I, asking I for a friend. <laughs> so you met him in... in started that journey and your parents yeah. now they've they see where you are and he's so and my husband is wonderful he takes he takes such amazing care of our family that mm-hmm. my parents couldn't help but love him now mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so yeah I don't know him well but I've seen y'all interact and he just seems very sweet very attentive I did see him once and I decided that I liked him because we were at a graham cracker performance <laughs> and you were sitting there in front of me, and he snuck up behind you and scared you the pants off of you. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious because that is something that either I would do to my, someone or oh, my husband my would goodness. do to me. So I was like, oh, I like that guy. He's playful. <laughs> we used to we used to sneak up on each other and jump out and do all that so much when we were first married. I don't think to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, that's what you need to go home and do. <laughs> Kyle and I have a version of that. But it's um, we have a we have a little statue that's called the Statue of Our Love, and one of my students, Giovanni, <laughs> gave it to us as a wedding present, Aww. and it has these like it looks like a married couple with, and they make a heart with their arms somehow, 
Yeah. I think right now it's on top of my piano. He moves it around. We yeah. move it. Well, I when I first first unpacking the um, <laughs> when I first unpacking like the wedding presents, it's not like something. Thank you, Giovanni, if you oh. ever listen to this podcast. Uh, he's probably like in college now. I think that's unlikely. I think it's <laughs> unlikely, but I really did love Giovanni. But uh, we when I unpacked my wedding presents, I put it on the mantle in our living room as a joke and I didn't say anything to Kyle. Rarely do I let do I let jokes land on their own. I usually like pressure them. <laughs> Look how funny this Look is. Look how funny I am, you know. But this one time I actually let it like land and so it took him like a while to discover it and you know and then it's like really funny cuz totally I'm not putting that there, yeah. you know. And so anyway, it became a game that we would like move it around and sometimes it might end up in the refrigerator. Um, one time, it it stayed a solid year um, from winter to the next winter in Kyle's jacket pocket. Uh-uh. <laughs> he, he discovered it when he pulled it out. One time, I discovered it when it poked me in the bottom when I sat down on the toilet. <laughs> oh my god! To pee, <laughs> and the statue of our love was poking. That's out. next level. Yeah, that's, that was next that's, level. That's gross. Yeah, it is kind of gross, but it's. <laughs> It's had a few baths, and uh, luckily I caught it before anything. You know those little marriage pranks. Keep I know they're, they're yeah. It's 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 like scaring you sometimes whenever you. <laughs> That's you know, right. That was scary. Yeah. So cool. your your journey started in in, in college. In college. Yeah. And um, I mean, you seem like just have to have such a strong faith. Um, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Thank you. I guess, I don't know. I well, now you have to live up to the mm. expectations. Can you please proceed to talk yeah. about what a strong. You know, I you still have. struggle with. Well, when I first became a Christian, okay, I'm a Christian. Uh, Christ died for me, took away my sins. Now, what do I need to do? No. Oh, okay. Now I need to be having quiet times every day. What does that mm-hmm. look like? What do I need to do for that? Well, every time I'd fail at it because I wouldn't be consistent or something. I would be like, oh, I'm failing at being a Christian. Mm. And I still, I still struggle with that sometimes. I go through, you know, everybody goes through seasons. Um, so, yeah, there's been, I was. I'm so glad that's not the bar or I would be screwed. But see, that was what I was looking for as a new believer. Like what, okay, now what does a Christian do? How do I measure my faith? Yeah, we call that backloading the gospel. Right. I didn't know that at the time, but, you know, then it became, Okay, now I'm a wife. How do I be the best wife? And do, 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 do. and like I just I was like, okay, I'm gonna become a mom. Now I'm gonna be the best mm-hmm. mom. You know, obviously, I'm gonna read all the books. And then it was like, <laughs> so you set the bar really high for yourself, and it probably created some anxiety with oh, just goodness. not being able to meet that expectation yeah. for yourself to like that perfect perfect expectation. And I'm not really a perfectionist. I just, yeah, I just part of me just wants. Well, I don't know. I want to do it right. I want to do it right. I don't want to mess up. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And so I was able to control my life, control my life in the way I wanted it to be until I had kids. Because you can't control kids. And I just was not prepared for that at yeah. all. Yeah. Like, that first kid, you really try to. I tried so you hard. You think if you just do this magical I dance, it will do so exactly hard. I read so many books. I got rid of all the books. I didn't want him around for my second child because it caused me so much to stress knowing that my child's not following this, mm-hmm. that what they're supposed to be doing, and it it broke me. I mean, mm-hmm. it it just there. I I was broken, and I want to say that I turned to God right away. Mm-hmm. 
and was like, okay, God. Don't we all want to say um, that? <laughs> like, you know, when you're really struggling, okay. But I actually was pretty angry, I think. Kind mm-hmm. of like, why did you give me this baby this child that, that I do don't know how to take care of? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I was devastated, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, when you, when you, one, have an expectation for yourself. And two, you're so hopeful that this is going to be fun and wonderful and fulfilling. And I don't know if that was your experience, but for me, my experience was the expectation of those things and that I would be really good at it. Yeah. And the reality was, oh, this doesn't look like... (gasps) Yeah. Well, it doesn't look... Certainly doesn't look perfect. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't even look good. Mm -hmm. And it's causing me a lot of stress. Yeah, there were some dark days with that first baby for me where I was Googling baby Moses laws. Oh, me me and Baby Center. I was like, oh, why not? Well, Baby Center sounds healthier than Baby Moses laws. I don't even know what that is. With like a safe place for you to drop off your kid and run. Well, I was more like, it was more like I was going to run. I was like, I'm going to run. Yeah, me too. I was going to drop her off with the fire. Oh, well. Like, no. Um, and you know, Just to so get often break. we yeah. don't reach out to other moms. Well, with say, that first baby, you don't have the mom network. I did not. Don't. I did not have them. I had her at 26. Oh, which, well, that's your baby. Well, I didn't think I was. <laughs> I was like, we all got married so young. We were 22. Yeah. So oh like, my god. I'm ready to have a baby. I always wanted to be a mom. I love kids. I'm nurturing and da da da. So we had a baby, and I had one friend that had a baby, and she lived 30 minutes away from me. So I had nobody. And you were trying to control nap times back then. Well, and then my husband would always apologize to our friends that we couldn't do things. And so then I got just angry. Because, yeah, we couldn't. It changed our whole life, right? It does, obviously. Um, But it just threw me down a spiral really bad, really dark spiral, um, where I had to finally get help that I needed and my husband was completely supportive and it was scary but um it's part of my story and I used to feel a lot of shame from it but I feel like like you said more women that talk Mm -hmm. about it postpartum depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. um that's actually something I would be really passionate about it's like a girl tonight mentioned that at our study that like she's very uh, compassionate and aware of women that have experienced that. Anytime I hear of anyone that's going through something hard, I just want to reach out to them and say, how can I help you? Yeah. I mean, some of the best things they, I did have a Bible study group and they took care of me, uh, for three months. They brought me food. (laughs) And then after that, the older women in the group did a babysitting. They would just show up at my house and take my baby Mm. and let me sleep because that's what I needed. You know, when Lydia, so the only thing that kept me from what I, I wouldn't say I had postpartum depression with her, but what saved me from it because I was slipping. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was five weeks old, I thought I, I was going to lose my mind. I was mm-hmm. like, like I had her in our room. I was feeding her every time she moved, mm-hmm. like because I was like I felt like my job was to keep her from crying, mm-hmm. and um, my one of my one of my dear friends from college, Tanya, who lived in Charleston at the time uh, she's like come out here just come out here she had three kids she had a five month old and Tanya took my newborn in her room 
And then, then she didn't her. feed her. No, just she took just her. She so just you took her woken up so that night. I wouldn't be woken up all night. And she just patted that baby. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this woman that was like oh, strung out, feeding a baby every hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half, laying awake at night, just mm-hmm. thinking, she's going to start crying. So, mm-hmm. you know, was sleeping. And she and Tanya could keep that baby from crying. And I only had to feed her twice in the night. Wow! So I stayed out there for eight days. She had ba- she had Lydia like trained, like because she if Lydia woke, she would just pat her. For- oh, she had gosh. a five month old and two kids, and she did that for you. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And when I got home, she said, "Put that baby in the other room. Mm-hmm. Only only feed her when she's crying. Yeah, mm-hmm. not when and make Kyle mm-hmm. pick her up and change her diaper and bring her to you so that you don't feel like you're alone." Mm-hmm. And it like saved my oh, life. Oh, that's really good. It I was know. it was so wonderful, and I, just the the level of, like the level of friendship that oh, like that's so, that's beautiful. She and, might be a two. She might be a healthy two. <laughs> uh, she yeah, might be she might be a healthy two. Well, well I mean, I, that's amazing, and I think that you had a, you having a group of women that saw that need, but it takes vulnerability. It take it took yeah. vulnerability for both of you to say. This is not going well. <laughs> this is an understatement. Yeah. Because everybody comes over and they go, isn't it wonderful? You have a new baby. This is the greatest thing. I mean, and one woman came over, she was, you know, she had old, grown kids and she said, it sucks, doesn't it? And I was like, thank you. It is <laughs> the worst. I mean, not that I wasn't grateful for my, my child, of course. Like, I love my child, but yes, in that moment... Where she was crying every moment she was awake mm-hmm. and spitting everything up. And, mm. you know, it was like I just was surviving, basically, mm-hmm. and trying to make sure she was surviving. So it was a very stressful way And then it's, it's like all you can see is motherhood. That's all it was. And That's... you don't like it. So it's yeah. like I, the, yeah. the only thing I'm doing right now, I don't think I'm doing well. I'm not doing and well. I don't like yeah. So I know. What does that mean? What are the implications yeah. about me and who exactly. I am? I was envious of my husband that got to go to work. Yes. And be yeah. away for a while. Or to be back. in the car. Like, But I knew he didn't really want to come back to what he was going to walk into because usually I was crying and just yeah. hadn't showered. And anyway. And that's, that, that's the next thing. The next level is it like takes a toll yeah. on your marriage too. Like oh, that, that can be really hard oh, when my goodness. Yes. you're not connecting and you feel like just so blah all the time. And yeah. So I almost didn't have a second child. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so I'm so glad we did. And I really feel like okay, it's been four and a half years since I had my last child. I'm finally, I feel like, to a place. I mean, it's taken this long where I'm like, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like I can see this. I don't have they don't need me as much. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy being around my children. And mm-hmm. I hate saying that because there were times I did not enjoy being around my children. I have never felt that um, way. I'm sure everybody feels, oh, sorry, it just sounds so bad to say. And I, so yeah, that's part of why I said, okay, I think I can work part-time and I'm going to start mm-hmm. figuring out things that I like to do. And um, so. A refocus on yourself. Yeah. And I, I like that that's a nice segue into our next question. You said figuring out things you like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked a little bit about how you're gifted, how you think God has uniquely gifted you. But elaborate on that and how you would like to see God use you to serve. Oh, man. I, I saw that question and I don't, 
I don't know, like, the exact answer for that. There's only a right or wrong answer. I mean, answer. I... Yeah, it's like parenting. There's only one right It feels prideful to be like, well, I'm gifted. Um, <laughs> That's what I try to warn all of our guests, yeah. that this is not necessarily about you being arrogant, but about you boasting right. about what God could do or well, has done. So, like, when we talked at the beginning about my organization, my administrative mm-hmm. type things, I've helped... Uh, Stephanie with the retreat, Stephanie Jernigan, mm-hmm. just with the detail, little coordinating stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm, be, I'm a more behind the scenes kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm more comfortable there. Um, I feel like I'm a good listener and I'm compassionate or empathetic. Um, so that's why with this, this Enneagram stuff that we're doing with your study, I do feel like I... I think with my emotions too, like I, I'm, I uh, really can relate to people. I can really mm-hmm. feel what they're feeling, um, almost to a fault sometimes because mm-hmm. I absorb everybody's emotions, which is just makes it even harder to exist when people are like doing, not doing well. Um, so you feel I, very burdened for other I people. I do, I do, especially people that I'm close to. When I try, when I start thinking about the rest of the world, I get a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but um, I, there's part of me that's thought, you know, I have a, I have a heart for the like Thrive Pregnancy Center mm-hmm. and the women that are there with unplanned pregnancies, and I've thought about doing their training to kind of counsel those women. Oh, how cool. I don't know. So I'm just kind of open to that right now. I work in the nursery at church. Love that. Love the babies. What What was it about Kristen's post um, that drew oh. you in? Because... Well, at first I looked at it when she said, hey, I want to... You know, you guys have talked about that. I want to get... We have so many amazing women at this church. I thought, well, I don't know that I fit into that category, but I would love to be a part of that. At first I said, I'm not going to respond because I don't know how to do that Mm. or I might not be good at it. Right. And so, but I was like, no, no, no. I really want to get to know people. Mm. I do love hearing people's story. I love testimonies. Um, it's just so awesome to see how God works in people's lives. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, okay, I'm interested. I don't really know what that means, but okay. So yeah, I just want to, I just feel like you felt drawn to get to well, know. And I know that the more vulnerable people are, just the deeper community we're going to have. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I've, in my experience, I used to try to keep appearances. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really good at looking like I had it all together. And people would even tell me that, even with at church sometimes, they're like, well, you just look like you... I'm, like, well, I don't mean to, I mean, if I do, great, but, you know. It's Maybe like, you have a little bit of three, you need a little seven I, in you so I know. people know like, you're not all together. But my people who know me well know I don't always have it together, but I, I just, tease it. I don't, I just feel like I, where I was previously when I had, was a new mom, I was around women that really projected they had it all together, and that was so hard for me, mm-hmm. because there were days that I couldn't get makeup on, and I wasn't dressed to the nines, and like, so I just, I love the authenticity of our church and the vulnerability and the people. Um, as soon as I walked in there at DBC, Hannah was six months old and I was in a good place then. So I looked perfect. My kid, my daughter was perfect, but I met those friends, Stephanie Durian, Laura Seifert, Jamie Durian early on, and they walked with me through really tough stuff. And so mm-hmm. I, I just want people to know that at DBC, 
you there's people there hair. like it's you it's okay and I feel like Kat and Aaron have created that environment um it's mm-hmm. and Kristen so how long have you been at DBC so it'll be six and a half years I always judge oh, my whole wow. my daughter is she was oh, six yeah. months old that's right yeah and uh it's, I'm just so glad. It's so close to our house. and, and You're above our average so far. Am I? Yeah, wow. most people are in like the oh, three Stephanie's to been one here long, year been there range. a long time. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Do you feel like that situation with your firstborn, with Hannah, like, mm-hmm. do you feel like that's like the most difficult thing God's brought you through? Um, yes. One of the most difficult things. Um... And then, there's been, I mean, there's been a couple other <laughs> along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, probably two years ago, we hit some bumps in our marriage where it just something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband and I started going to counseling, and it was so hard. It was, I cried all the time. Mm-hmm. Counseling sucks. And we were in counseling. <laughs> Thank you. It does, it does suck. It really okay. sucks. We were in counseling. It works, but it if sucks. you do it right, it does suck. We were there for if a you year. Do it right, it yeah. sucks. That makes it that's comfy. No, it does because it hurts. And mm-hmm. it was so good because there's so many things that I was still carrying around and he was carrying around and You know, sometimes I tell people they're when they come to counseling and they say like this is miserable and I think things are getting worse. It did. And I point yeah. out, you know, it's it's uncovering some stuff that's under the surface, and I always use this, you know, sometimes a bruise on its way to healing looks really nasty, and sometimes mm-hmm. it looks like it's even getting worse. Is like that it why turns... I cry all the time? That's right. <laughs> that's because you're becoming more in touch with your emotions. And more oh, with man. Yeah, that's uh, so I had been in a kind of intense counseling before we even went to counseling. It was always like me. I was the one with the problems, so I needed to be in counseling. So it was a big, it was a big step for us, but I, I mean, we had an awesome marriage counselor. We were there for like a year and we learned so much Mm. and we still refer back and we refer back to the things he gave us to read and just the techniques and tools he gave us. Um, I, that's why for our 10 year anniversary, it was so special because it's like those friends that were with us had walked us through that darkness and we were there to celebrate where we were. And I, it, it caused a lot of fear for me because we always had this great, perfect kind of marriage. Mm-hmm. We've always got along, kind of, not always, but you know, we just, it was Generally weird. It wasn't really It was weird, and it made me feel like uh, I was putting too much security in that. Mm. I mean, I, I put security in my relationships, so, <laughs> which isn't a good, it's not good. You know, I, it really forced me to turn to God. Um, and my counselor encouraged us, encouraged me to say who is Catherine and don't think that's selfish, Mm -hmm. which as women, we don't, we're kind of told like, we need to serve, we need to love. And I felt really like I'd never given myself the opportunity. I went, I went straight from college to being a wife and then being a mother Mm -hmm. and didn't have a lot of time in between. And we're almost told like, yeah, that's forbidden territory where you're not supposed to ask what about me? Oh what's, yeah, what am, what's but I, it doesn't step. make a really fun, fun or enjoyable. <laughs> Catherine, you're fun. all worried about being fun. No, it doesn't make <laughs> the best partner in a marriage because I, I, I need to have opinion. I like mm-hmm. I need to yeah. So and feel free to have feel them. Feel free mm-hmm. and yes. So it's been like a huge growing period the last couple years. 
and you've really seen God just working on your marriage and and on you yes. individually and what you yes. are in the in that relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes my husband and I look at each other and we're like, okay, it's good right now. You know, it's like kind of waiting, like what's gonna happen. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's no. I mean, we're yeah. So. You know, thank you for sharing that. I think it there is a certain level of shame that can be attached to having marriage stuff, which we all have it. I just mm-hmm. don't think everybody talks about it. And some people are too yeah. scared to go to therapy about it. That's right. Oh, That's right. I don't know what would happen if we didn't go to... I mean, we just... Well, yes. there's still such a stigma, I think, sometimes there associated is a with it. Like, and it's expensive. Oh, okay. It is a lot of money. <laughs> it is. But it was worth every penny. Yeah. Um, and well, and it sounds like y'all both did the work. Like, you got did. in there and we were both did what you were committed to, to being there. And wanted to ha- want, we want a good, healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to be married forever and enjoy being married forever. Um, so, yeah. And it, so- and, and it sounds like it's set you off on this path of self-discovery, which sometimes I think in the Christian communities that can be like, seem like selfish and that you, you shouldn't do that. And yeah, that it's, what you're doing should always be about other people. Um, Exactly. But, you know, one of our questions is just how has God God grown you in recent years? Mm -hmm. And what would you still like to see him do in your life? Or Mm -hmm. what's an area that you'd really like to continue to grow in? Um, I think I just want to be more sensitive or aware to where God's leading me and to listen. And not be afraid to take a chance. Not be afraid... Of if something seems like it becomes available and it's something I should try or an area I should serve but I don't feel like I'm gifted mm-hmm. to just try it because that's not something I do and I feel like I've missed out up to this point in my life I've missed out on a lot because I don't I don't do fear things. has held you back fear has held me back um, and that's I mean that's a huge and that's something I feel ashamed of too because it's like if you're fearful you're not trusting God mm. um so I pray about that. It's it's a huge, you know, anxiety. <laughs> it can really just suck you in and keep you paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And so that's such a good word for it. Paralyzed, it really can paralyze you. Where you can't go forward or backward. I mean, you just can't move. And so I just keep praying that I can continue to move forward. And um, you know, doing the Enneagram study, we keep talking about that. It forces you, yes, to be introspective and learn about yourself and learn how you can be healthy and learn about other people. And that's, I mean, that's, I just, I didn't grow up having deep conversations. I, my first deep conversation was in college. Like, you know, this is, and now I love it. I don't, I don't want to know people on surface level anymore. Like I want, I, I really want to know people and I want them to know me and I have to know myself too to do that. Right. <laughs> so. Well, you know, like watching you just do this interview tonight, I know that you were a little anxious oh, yeah. to come and do it, but like I have not picked up on that. I think you've done such an amazing job oh, at sharing you. your heart and yeah. just, I don't know, I, I'm just, I, I think you're so lovely and, and special mm. and I just Now let's see if it falls apart during Bible trivia. Yeah, now it's time to... <laughs> it will, it will. Now it's time we'll, we'll pepper you with verses, and you tell us where you they know, are. You know, I taught one year at Covenant, and I taught the Explorers, which is their kindergarten, and I was teaching them Bible stories with a felt board. I, I didn't grow up doing that. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, 
I learned so much teaching the most basic Bible stories because most kids just kind of grow up with Noah's Ark and all that. And I just, I was still, I was learning with them. So Bible trivia, I'm still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what, when uh, we've been joking the whole time about like asking people their favorite Bible verse because I've said repeatedly to my good friend Jess over here, how screwed I would be if somebody asked me on the spot, on the spot, spot. that question. She'd go John 316. Uh, I know Ephesians. <laughs> no, no, we know what I would do now because you asked me that question. Did you answer? In our interview. Yes, I did. What did you say? I can't even remember. I haven't listened um, back to that I, one. Oh, gosh. I either said Micah, I think 6, 8. No, I said um, for freedom, Christ has set us free. All right. But you didn't give me the address. And now it's the time where you have to give me the address. It's either Micah or Galatians. <laughs> it's Galatians. If it's if, if if it's between Micah and Galatians, I should know. I should know this because but it's part not of the Micah. Team. It's in it's it, it's in the New Testament. Okay, yeah, it's for oh, it sure. That's right. Yeah, because it's, it's for Christ. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not even good enough to know that Micah is in the Old Testament. I have a child that, named Micah. <laughs> that's why we don't do that to you. There oh, will be no Bible trivia here. There will be no Bible trivia tonight. <laughs> But that doesn't mean I don't love Jesus, even no. if my can't no. quote no. no. Well, I am so glad that you pushed through a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it was fun. It was. I, 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 I loved hearing from I'm not going to like hearing my voice played back. Nobody oh well, you know, I don't. I don't listen. I don't listen to these. Okay, that's my. That's my. That's confession. part of the reason why she got the administrative role before you agreed to do it was because I'm like I'm having to listen to these things and write a and synopsis. And no, yeah. Kyle. I, well, oh, Kyle they're edited. they're hardly edited. I but, don't know. Yeah, n- they're not edited. They should, be, <laughs> they should be more heavily edited. But we no. like to produce the raw, real stuff. That's right. Yeah. This is what it is. But no, but I have to listen back to it. Write a synopsis. I'm like she can. She can. She can uh, schedule. The the people or whatever but yeah, yeah. anyway well no. i just want to say but laura for, can't stand to hear her voice oh i can't stand to hear my voice but for anyone that has you know everyone has a story mm-hmm. and you don't have to be like i can't do an interview because i don't have this interesting life and um i don't have this amazing career or something you know there's a lot of insecurities that i have where i'm like i don't really have much to, to share so just thank you for asking me and Oh, I so mm-hmm. think the opposite. I think you shared some amazing stuff and mm-hmm. just did so. And it's all. I don't want to be one of the people that says you appear like you have it all together, but you just seemed confident and. Um, well, I've been in a lot of counseling, so I've been able to express that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I just I think it, I think it 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 is a testimony to what God's oh, done. Oh, definitely, and, definitely. And letting you settle into your skin. I feel and like who you are. everything that we go through, obviously, is to bring Him glory and to add to our story and. I wouldn't change any of it. Well, and we just appreciate you not holding that back mm-hmm. so that you can share that with other people. Mm-hmm. And it does bring him glory. Yeah, it does. And I think that, um, yeah, you've done that amazingly well. well thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thank you so much for saving the podcast and probably our friendship <laughs> by stepping in and doing the administrative stuff. Right. Hey, I'll try not it. to fail you. No, you <laughs> know, already, already have it. And thanks for listening to Embarrassment of Riches. We'll see you next time.